been a while, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in. It's uh, Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019, and you're listening to Too Lazy to Write. Apparently, I'm too lazy to do this, too. Um, I've been a little busy these last couple of weeks. Um, I'm trying to think what I've been doing. Oh, I have a film festival starting tomorrow in Reston, Virginia. Uh, it's not my film festival. It's a film festival I volunteer at. It's called the Washington West Film Festival, and you can find it online at www.filmfest.com. Uh, I've been volunteering there for, uh, two years. Last year was my first, uh, like full year volunteering there and I was all set and ready to go. Um, went to opening night and Friday morning of last year, I got a call that my mother had fallen and hurting her, hurting, hurting's a word, isn't it? Hurt herself. Uh, so I came back, I went back to Ottawa on the Friday and missed the festival. So, I am crossing my fingers and knocking on Ikea wood, which I'm sure is 3% wood and 98, 97% something else, um, that nothing happens to anybody this weekend, or, you know, ever, really, ever. It's a catch-all uh, knock. So, it's uh, happening. Starts tomorrow night, and very excited, because... Um, don't know if anybody saw the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer premiered the other night on Monday Night Football, and um, C-3PO is featured prominently in it, and the gentleman who portrays C-3PO, Anthony Daniels, uh, who's been in all nine movies, will be here, walking the red carpet. Should be good. I've also put out phone calls to the uh, South Lakes High School marching band. Still waiting to hear back from their director. We've confirmed, but I haven't. I got no plan with him. Uh, I'm gonna call when I'm done with this. And there's like just a ton of shit that. Ugh. Anyway, I wanted to take some time to uh, to just chat. You know, vent maybe. I don't know. Chat and vent. I really don't know what. Um, I'm venting about, but I just feel like talking, talking ad nauseum about things, about people not returning uh, messages. I'm guilty of that too, but there's a woman I've been dealing with for a year trying to get some stuff from her for the festival. She put me off and put me off and put me off, and I don't really think I'm getting anything from her because it happens tomorrow. Um, but don't bullshit me, you know, I just, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, what else don't I like? I don't like that somebody who was going to give me something pulled out last night at about 10 o'clock during the Nats win over the Astros, the Expos, as I refer to them. So I don't like that. I also don't like being asked to do things and then having to pull the plug on them once people have agreed to things because then I look like an asshole and I don't like looking like an asshole. So that's, um, that's that rant. That's that rant, that's that little vent. Um, I spoke with Kelly Mendelson a few weeks ago about her life in Los Angeles as a producer, and I spoke to Corey Schuster before that about his life in Israel as a, uh, I guess, a documentarian, a curious-minded person, and 
Next week, I'm hoping to talk again with Howard Kramer, who I spoke to in the summer. He uh, was the former curator of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum. And um, we left off our conversation where we were saying, oh, boy, I'd really like to talk more about, you know, Jewish influence in uh, music, popular music. And he said, we'll do that another time. So we're going to do that. I'm really excited to talk to him. He was so nice. Um, and what else was I thinking about? I, You know, the first, one of my first, first serious girlfriends uh, recently turned 50. She turned 50 years old. And uh, that makes me feel old, you know, because 50 is old. 60 not so old, 50 old. Anyway, I shouldn't really talk about that because people might hear it and go, oh, what's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Blah, 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 blah. Where did his fingers go? La, da, da, da. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. I, I actually have uh, kind of run out of steam right now, and I had a shit ton I wanted to talk about. <laughs> this feels like it's going to be a mini episode because right now I've only been talking for... God, I don't even know how long. Maybe 10, 5, 6 minutes, and it feels like I've been talking forever. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do a mini episode. I was actually, uh, a few weeks ago, my son, Beck, and I, we would watch um, MasterChef regularly. And um, the thing about MasterChef is... I had actually written a note about it, but all I see is notes on my phone from my daughter, which don't make any sense to me. Um, that can disappear. <laughs> the thing I've noticed about um, every cooking show competition, every cooking show competition, it doesn't matter if it's MasterChef or, you know, Beat the Super Chef or Grill Outdoors or you know, weird food dynamo. If that's not a show, I'm trademarking that term. Weird food dynamo, TM. Um, <laughs> it always seems to me on the um, on the cooking shows that <laughs> there's always one person who, usually it's a woman, and <clears throat> she's always scrappy, you know? She is always saying that uh, I'm scrappy. You don't think I'm going to win, but I'm scrappy. <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny. There's always another person, man or woman, it doesn't matter, who owes everything to their grandmother. They grew up cooking next to grandma. They grew up watching grandma cook. They learned their recipes from grandma. And some of the times, if grandma's dead, they know that grandma's watching over them as they're in the kitchen getting yelled at by Gordon Ramsay. But Grandma is a huge influence in these cooking shows. Uh, I wrote, and there's another person who's Italian. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny, but yeah, there's always somebody who's just, they're just Italian. That's their thing. That's their, they cook and they're just, they're Italian. They're, hey, I'm Italian. You know, this is a pasta sauce that's been in my family for, <laughs> that's another imitation I'm doing that, um, some people might find funny. Uh, it's been in my family for three, three generations. If I get kicked out on this pasta sauce, boy, I go back to the old neighborhood and they are gonna, they're going to run me out of the neighborhood. They're going to run me out of the neighborhood based on this sauce. If I get kicked out, and then nine times out of ten, they're in the bottom two and 
seven times out of 10, they're the ones who get kicked out. And there's usually a woman who always says something like, uh, I'm just like my food. Sweet. But I pack a punch. You can underestimate me because I'm sweet, but I pack a punch. They're usually a small diminutive southern bale. And um, I also wrote that if I'd use, this is, I might have had a dream about this. Um, I'd use, if I was making a movie, I would use Doug and the Slugs making it work as my montage song. So I guess the whole idea behind that was, um, you know, you're getting a room ready for the big party, the big dance. You're, you're putting your presentation together for the big presentation that's going to you know get you the promotion and all the while in the background you have making it work takes a little longer making it work takes a little time making it work that's my Doug and the slug thing and i also wrote i'd mine canadian music for my soundtrack um oh and then i also wrote if everyone on every cooking show took their winnings and started an inner city cooking school There'd be a shitload of inner city cooking schools. That's another one that's popular. Is that is oh also my engine takes Castro five W forty oil in case anybody I need I had the check engine light came on so I thought I'd regale you with that. Uh, yeah, they're always saying that, huh? It's always like, well, what do you think you're gonna do if you win the ten thousand dollars? Well, what I'd like to do is uh, take it back to my neighborhood and develop. Um, a food program for inner city youth because food saved my life. If it wasn't for food and cooking, there would be a lot more people in prison because food saved a lot of people's lives. Cooking, I mean, not actual food. I'm sure food has saved people's lives, but actual food. Uh, the big news down here in uh, the nor- in, in America, top of the South where I live, or as I like to call it, where racism begins. I'm not a racist. Um, is of course impeachment, but I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not smart enough to talk about the president, lowercase p, and uh, all the shit that's going on. Every day, every fucking day here, um, it's always, well, you know, it just, it can't get any more bizarre and it can't get any worse. And then the next day, it just gets more bizarre and worse every day. And every day, pundits on the news um, say, you know, this is this is it. Like, this is the last straw. He, the camel's back has been, like, broken and then repaired and then broken again. And he's going to go. This is it. And then nothing happens every day. Nothing happens of any sorts. And this orange monster just keeps on trucking. And I, fuck, I was talking to a guy and he was like, the one thing I'd say about Trump is that he's good for Israel. You know what? Great. But he's shit for this place I'm living in right now. He is a narcissistic shit stain on the face of humanity and that's putting it mildly and i bet you others might share my sentiment perhaps 
Perhaps not. Perhaps love. Do you remember that Perhaps Love song with um, Placido Domingo and John Denver? I was going to say Willie Nelson, but Placido Domingo and Willie Nelson did two All the Girls I Loved Before. In terms of weird um, duets, I would have to say, I mean, everybody goes to, well, Bing Crosby and David Bowie doing the Little Drummer Boy, Peace on Earth. That was weird. Yeah, it was. But I would also argue that Placido Domingo and Willie Nelson was a bit of an oddball one. And Placido Domingo and the late John Denver. Also an oddball one. John Denver was not a very good pilot, to say the least. Because that's how he died, in a plane that he was piloting. Um, you don't see Sully Sullenberger recording an album, so why is John Denver driving a plane? I guess you don't really drive a plane, you fly it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else can I say? Um, went to Ottawa a few weeks ago. Sorry I didn't see people, but uh, quick visit. In and out, the old in and out. That's from uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, didn't see people because I spent the time visiting with my dad. Uh, Chloe and I flew in, and I got to tell you, the... Oh, someone's calling me. It's my brother, but I'm going to ignore it, and I'm going to call him back later. Um... The in-flight crew on my Air Canada flight was fantastic. I always tell them before I get on board, uh, usually about a half an hour before when they go to the gate, I always say, I just want to let you know I'm not a very good flyer. Um, I've taken an Ativan, or I'm going to take an Ativan. And uh, is it at all possible for you to let me pre-board? And they always let me pre-board, which is so nice of them. And the reason I'm not a very good flyer is because I get panic attacks, and I get them primarily in the air. <laughs> So, um, which, you know, as far as places where I would <clears throat> think one would get, <clears throat> excuse me, a panic attack is when they're in the air. Like, it is a bit, you know, frightening to think about. Not really frightening, but like, we're defying gravity and um, we are, you know, at the mercy of somebody we don't know, which is essentially the primary reason why I'm scared. That and a few other things, but that's that's like the top tier of why I, I I'm kind of. It's not that I don't like traveling. I love traveling. I love going places. I love experiencing new cultures. But it's the thought of of getting in that. Anyway, I, you know what? If I talk about it enough, I'm going to give myself a panic attack. And the thing about panic attacks is, and I've probably talked about this before, there. So much more common than uh, we let on. And now, you know, people are more open to talking about them and their mental health. I hope, I hope so, because they are shitty. Um, but at the same time, they're, they're what make me part of me. They're a part of me. You're a part of me. And I'm a part of you. I don't know what that song is, but I really, really like it. Oh my God. So last week, last Tuesday, Chloe and I go to this concert at a theater called the Strathmore. Holy shit. If you ever have an opportunity to go to the Strathmore, this is like an unreal theater. It was, wow. I just, I couldn't get over the sheer magnitude of the concert hall and it was all wood. It was gorgeous. And 
I mean, they had balconies so high up that I think the air would be thinner uh, that high. So we get there and we don't know where it is. And it's like, you know, 45 minutes from here, but 45 minutes from here means, you know, like it could be two and a half hours because the traffic here is God awful. So we get to the theater and we park and again, free parking in a parking garage. This in Canada would be, if I was to have gone to the national arts center in Ottawa, pardon me for a second, (coughs) it would have been, you know, it would have cost me easily $20. But not here. They know how to treat their customers. So um, I go to the concert. We, we get there. We're running a bit late. And it's a huge concert hall. Like, it's ginormous. So to get from the parking garage in, you know, it's if if you're counting your steps by day, you know, you got to hit 10,000. And you were, let's say, you know, 3,000 short. No, 5,000 short. You would have made up for it on the walk there and back. It was, anyway. So we get there. And the, uh, the concert started. The opening act has begun. So these ushers, who, by the way, are accosting you at every turn. Do you know where you're sitting? Do you know where you're sitting? Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're sitting? You want to go over to that door. You want to go over to that door. Oh, you're in the wrong place. You're looking for the bathroom? Down the hall. You want to go to the escalator? Well, the escalator's going down now. It's going to go up at the end of the performance. Okay, where are you sitting? You want to go over there? You want to go over there. Oh, you're in HH? Okay, you want to go to that side. When you go into the hall, you're going to go in. You're going to go to the right. You're going to go to the right. Then you're going to go to the right. It's all, okay, boom, 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 boom. Okay, so we get there. And we're late, like I said. And the, the usher is like, the opening act has requested that people do not uh, come in during their song, but only be seated when their songs have finished. So I turn to Chloe and I'm like, the opening act, and I tell her. And she's like, what? And I said, well, you know, the opening act. <laughs> They're the fucking opening act. So we go in there. And it's a man and a woman, and I don't remember their names. Like, I I just, I paid no mind to them. Uh, He's playing guitar, and she's singing, and the first thing I hear them say is that they're from Saskatchewan, and they get a smattering of applause about that one. And we sit down, and they have no stage presence whatsoever. And the guy starts introducing his songs and he said, I shouldn't say his songs, their songs. Collectively, they wrote these. Anyway, uh, he says, this one is a song we wrote about agriculture. And just to let you know, it's not the only song we've ever written about agriculture. So not only do they have, not only are, are they about to perform a song about agriculture, They have more songs about agriculture in their repertoire, of which they're not playing tonight, thank God. And then they, like, I couldn't even remember a tune, a melody, um, a word, anything about any of their god-awful songs. And I turned to my daughter during the uh, performance... And Chloe is wonderful when she laughs because she she laughs loudly. And I knew that what I was going to say was going to make her laugh. And I was being mean because that's not really nice to do to your daughter. But 
I'm a bit of a dick sometimes. <laughs> so I turned to Chloe and I said, the woman looks like she makes her own soap. <laughs> and, and my poor daughter just had to bite her lip and elbow me and tell me that it wasn't funny when it was really funny. So they, you know, then the worst thing, obviously, is when they say, we just got a few more songs to do. A few? Ugh, are they going to be more about agriculture? God, I hope not. Um, oh, one of their songs was called High Holiday, but it was not about getting high, and it was not about Rosh Hashanah. So that's all I can remember about that song. But they made a special point of saying, well, it's not about 420. And then, of course, they got a smattering of applause on that one. Then we left the theater and had a half hour break. And then we went back in and Ray LaMontagne was, Ray LaMontagne was uh, performing. And fantastic. What a show. Uh, what a voice. It was just him and a bass player from uh, the band My Morning Jacket. And they were great. And I met um, in the lobby. I bought some merch. And uh, the guy selling the merch was super nice to me. And not that he gave me a deal or anything, but he was just nice. Very nice people. And this place, this this Strathmore, had like a full restaurant that was gorgeous. Like the food looked amazing. So um, I'm just telling you that if you're in the area and you want to go have a fine night out with your family, with your child, with your spouse, partner. Oh, there's a plane flying overhead. I wonder if the orange menace is on his way somewhere. That's how close we live to to uh, where he can be. If we hear choppers in the air, we know someone's on the move. And actually, one time I was driving home from somewhere, and his motorcade forced me. They didn't, like, you know, f like automotively force me it was just the way they were proceeding they forced me off the highway onto another highway that i didn't want to go on yeah i looked in the rearview mirror and i saw police from like two counties and washington dc and i thought well that's strange and then behind them were like i don't know 15 of the biggest darkest suvs you've ever seen followed by a fire truck and a ambulance and then another set of police cars at the end. And I figured, I think he's going golfing. And yeah, sure enough, he was. He loves to golf. So maybe that's where I'm going to end it today. Um, I'm kind of running out of steam. You've listened long enough. I'm going to get uh, Howard Kramer next week. God willing, as my rabbi says. And I'm actually, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, going to talk to this amazing person I met. Her name is, uh, I'm going to screw up her last name. Her name is Leslie C. I'll just call her Leslie C. Because it really, her last name, Combamal. Anyway, I don't want to butcher it more than I did. But Leslie uh, and her husband own an art gallery uh, just around the corner from me in Reston called Art, art Insights. And they have, uh, like, film and contemporary art pieces. And they've been doing it for, God, 30 years. And they're great pieces, and she's wonderful to talk to. Um, I met her just by chance, and she just, you know, and kept me entertained with her tales and her stories. And she's a film critic and a, 
and a blogger and a thisser and a thatter and an art purchaser and collector and sci-fi fan, etc., etc. So hopefully I'm going to have her soon. Um, so remember what I taught you. There's always a scrappy person on a cooking show. Grandma's always watching from above on a cooking show. Airline people can be your friend. Airline people. And um, that's all. The guy who played Walter Finley, Maud's husband on the TV show Maud, Bill Macy, died uh, at the age of 97. 97 years old. And I was watch- I turned on Maud the other night. And every time I see a woman wearing a scarf around her neck, I always <laughs> think to myself, and then there's Maud. Um, yeah, she was in a scene, it was her, it was Rue McClellan, and it was Kennard Bain. Uh, you remember him as Philip Drummond from the, uh, hit TV show Different Strokes. All three of them, all dead. Um, in fact, the vast majority of that cast, can you hear my stomach? I'm a bit hungry. Is, uh, as they say in Yiddish, tight. But why am I talking about Bill Macy? And I just felt like bringing it up. And then I was going to go off on another tangent before I said goodbye. But it was Bill Macy and Maud, and he's dead. And then there's Maud. I don't remember. Here's the themes. Oh, before I go. They always tell you to end, you know, tell them who you are and where you can be found, etc., etc., and what you're listening to. So you're listening to The Real John Baker. On, I was going to give some call letters out. <laughs> hey, uh, before I go, I want to thank my um, my producers uh, today. Um, we have, uh, who's producing today? We have uh, Danny Robbins. I want to thank him. I want to thank uh, Louis Foley and Matt Radner and... Uh, Teddy Herman. I want to thank all of you guys uh, for helping me out behind the scenes. I want to thank my uh, the woman who gets um, gets all the uh, sound clips and audio for me. That's Julia Hale. I want to thank her and uh, everybody at the Sound Explosion team uh, working behind uh, the scenes helping me get this podcast out. I think that's all. I'm going to go call a guy and see about some donuts. You've been listening to Too Lazy to Write with me, the real John Baker. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Real John Baker. You can go to the website, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word right, two lazy two right.com. You could send me a comment and a suggestion. You can tell me to shut the fuck up. You can say I offended you. Ah, speaking of offensive, that's what I wanted to bring up. So the other day, I put a picture up on Facebook of Nelson Mandela raising his fist in victory uh, after winning an election. And I write something to the effect of great victory photo of Justin Trudeau. Uh, claiming victory uh, in the Canadian election. So a couple people post on it, ha ha ha, very funny, ha ha ha, very funny, ha ha ha, very funny. Somebody posts that they were offended by that. They were offended that I was making fun of our prime minister who was caught not once, not twice, but thrice in photos and videos dressed in blackface. And not only dressed in blackface, but there was one video where he's wearing ripped jeans and you can see that his legs were also painted or 
or makeup or whatever black. Like he was so committed to the blackface that he went full body blackface. And yet the person was offended by my picture of Nelson Mandela mocking. I'm mocking the prime minister. So maybe they were offended that I was mocking the prime minister. But to be offended by the picture, more so than being offended by the act of what the leader did, is a bit strange to me. Now, I also put a picture up of the Jackson 5 and said it was the Trudeau family Halloween photo, implying that all of them go blackface. I'll have to say that if I was to run for public office, you would not find a photo of me in that state. Now, a video might exist of me at the Dead Sea putting mud all over. Oh, that's, you know what you'd find? You'd find a, a photo of Jen and I at the Dead Sea in Israel covered in, um, in the black mud, in the mud, covered in the mud. Because that's what you do at the Dead Sea, but you're not in blackface. So if I ever run for public office and that photo comes out of Jen and I at the Dead Sea covered in mud and people are like, look at what that guy did. He got all dressed up in blackface. No, it's mud. And I'm sure if you pan out and look at the whole picture, or if you go there, maybe they have a live cam, you'll be able to see. Anyway, enough of the rant enough of the rant about that. And thank you for listening. And it's too lazy to write. You can find me online, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write, too lazy to write.com. Send me a comment, send me a suggestion, yell at me, scream at me, um, do whatever you want on Twitter at the real John Baker. And if we're friends on Facebook, then we're friends on Facebook. Thank you for listening. I'm going to edit this thing. I'm going to put the theme at the beginning, and I'm going to put the theme right here. Too lazy to write.